Welcome back to Chronicle Headlines. I'm your host, John McGowan, back at it again with another podcast. Uh, I've got one guest in the studio with me today. Can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Elizabeth Reimitz, and I'm a staff reporter with The Chronicle. Uh, Elizabeth, it's, it's we. I saw you last week. I guess, yep. how, are, how are you doing in the in that time? I'm doing okay. Um, keeping busy with, obviously, school and both The Chronicle as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad that production week is done. I'm I'm excited for students to get a look at our first print issue, and um, yeah, I'm just excited for what the rest of the semester brings. Right. Yeah, I do want to talk to you more about production later. Um, I guess I'll ask right now, like, how was that? Was that stressful or easygoing or what? It was a little stressful just because, I guess because it was my first one. Um, This is my first year on the Chronicle, and then um, I kind of covered two stories back-to-back that weekend, so... That probably wasn't the smartest decision on my part, right. but I think it made things a little uh, more, I guess, crammed together. All right. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, then I guess uh, we'll just get right into it. What is this uh, story you're coming with today? Um, so I'm currently working on a story on the climate strike that just happened this past Friday. Um, it was hosted by Fridays for Future and a few other, actually over a dozen other Um, environmental organizations. Um, Actually, a couple came down from Wisconsin, I think, um, and they were um, protesting divesting funds in, um, well, banks divesting funds in fossil fuel industries. Um, That's a huge issue right now. Um, JP Morgan Chase, right? That's a big one. Yeah, exactly. Um, And I guess they have a pretty big branch here in um, Chicago. So um, one of the guys I talked to his name is uh, John Greeler with 350 Wisconsin. He was basically explaining that, you know, climate, the climate crisis goes beyond state lines. And so they thought it was important to be down here. All right, cool. Um, what made you want to pick this one up? Well, I am, I guess, interested in covering environmental issues. And it's something that I am passionate about. Um, and I thought it would be an interesting story, especially with midterms coming up. Um, and this movement, um, I guess this specific strike was really youth led. And I thought that was an interesting take on it because a lot of these protests, you know, you're seeing people that are older and they tend to try to rally the youth. And I thought it was refreshing, a refreshing take that, you know, the youth were encouraging um, their own, I guess you could say, to get involved and to totally. um, care about the issue. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that there was, like, a lot of, like, youth groups there. Do you know, like, because it seems like a lot of the people you talked to were, like, high schoolers. Are these, like, high school clubs or, like, are these, like, sort of decentralized, like? These are completely separate. They're so, most of them are actually national or international organizations, and they have different branches throughout the state. So, for example, with, um, Fridays for Future, that was started by Greta Thunberg in Switzerland. She started that excuse me, you know, that global um, climate strike, um, skipping school kind of thing. Um, And then the girl that I talked to, her name is uh, Natasha Batia. She reached out to Fridays for Future on Instagram, their um, national account, and then they directed her to someone in Chicago. um, And so she kind of became the co-head of that that way. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. So I, I'm, I guess what I'm asking is like, could, could Columbia students join these groups or? Oh yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, you would, I'm not sure exactly how they would do it, but I know specifically with Natasha, she reached out via Instagram. That seems like a really popular way to get involved these days with anything really. Um, even for like getting sources nowadays, I find myself sometimes reaching out on Instagram or trying to connect with people that way. Right. Um, so you were at the protest, correct? Yes. What was the vibe there like? What, you know, how was it? Um, it was, I don't know. It was very serious. Um, it was very fast paced, but it was also, um, somewhat encouraging because they, had a lot of youth um, or young speakers. And so I thought that was kind of motivational and it wasn't necessarily a dark and gloomy um, outlook on it. It was more so them rallying together and encouraging everyone to hold, you know, people in power accountable. Um, And it seemed like they were really just trying to draw more attention to the issue. One thing that I noticed along with um, Abra and Peter um, everyone walked very fast. You could definitely tell <laughs> that they uh, go hiking yeah. um, or they're just out in nature. Well, it's a really urgent issue. They, they got <laughs> <they're laughs> to move down to right. fast. Um, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and another thing I noticed when I read the uh, the article is um, it seems like there there was a lot of people who were surprised that, like, more people hadn't shown up. You know, like, there was a lot of people saying, like, oh, like, my friends, like, weren't interested in mm-hmm. coming or, like, uh, there is that lady who's, like, who was surprised that all more young people weren't getting mm-hmm. active about it. Why do you think that is? Why do I think uh, more young people are not involved? Yeah. Um, well, I think that it can be hard when you're younger because, um, I mean, that's not, it seems like a lot of these issues are really big and scary. And, you know, that's something that the adults handle. And all of our politicians in power are, you know, 40 plus, I think there's even a law for being president that you have to be over 40 or something like that. So I think it may be because they don't see a lot of young people in power. And so they don't think that it applies to them. And they could Mm -hmm. be intimidated by that. Um, I also think it's hard, especially when you're in school, and you have so much going on, and you're just trying to be a kid. Um, So I think those are definitely some challenges. And it's not really... um, I would say encouraged in school. You know, we don't encourage students to be politically involved or to want to care about things. I mean, you're kind of forced to just take these classes and then form your own opinions, and it's not exciting or like revolutionary, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would. I mean, I would say like it's, it's, it's kind of like tiring, right? <laughs> like. Yeah. Like, it, if this were like the one, the one protest that would have like saved everything, I totally would have gone. Right. But like. It's, it, I guess it, my point it's is overwhelming. It, it can feel kind of like useless at a time. And mm-hmm. like that sounds like super negative, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, uh, there's a lot going on and it's kind of hard to pick your battles. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, that's a good way of saying it. Um, yeah. And you said they marched, how far did they march? So they started at Pritzker, Pritzker Park and then they went to, um, the U.S. Federal Bank, I think, and then they ended up at uh, Chase Bank and then Federal Plaza. So, I don't know, a couple blocks or so? Yeah. And what would you say, like, 
how big was the crowd? Like you said it was 250 people in the article. Yeah, it was about 200 people. Um, it w- seems like a decent amount of people. I was honestly surprised by the turnout. Were they like sort of grabbing the attention of people on like the street? Like was there any police, anything like that? Or was they it more They did low-key? have uh, law enforcement escorting them. Um, and there were a couple people that uh, were, I think, honking and like encouragement. And then... A couple cool. people on bikes actually, um, I think at one point they yelled at protesters to like get a job or go back to work, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny because these students are like 16 and probably most of them don't have jobs. Yeah. Um, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny coming from the bikers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, what would you say to any Columbia students who might want to get involved in this and um Maybe just, you know, want to see a better sort of future for the planet. I would encourage students to um, do their research and don't be afraid to ask questions. And I would just say try to keep an open mind because, um, um, yeah, I don't know. Even if you don't think that it doesn't apply to you, it may apply to someone that you know or someone else that you care about. And I think that's honestly, all issues are kind of intertwined. Um, so I would just try to look at it from multiple, multiple perspectives and not just your own. Okay, cool. And, uh, yeah, I was looking up, um, you know, like on the engage thing, like, oh, like what groups can like students join or Mm -hmm. whatever. And I couldn't find like any like Columbia, like climate related groups. Oh yes. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of doing a story on that too. So I can talk about that a little bit if, if you want me to. As much as you can, I guess. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, doing a story um, on Columbia's sustainability initiative. And so I've kind of been doing some research actually since I was in a college news workshop class um, last spring. So I've been doing this for a while, but um, I'm, I've been looking at how Columbia doesn't really have a sustainably, sustainability movement on campus. Um, and they are one of the only colleges in the Chicago area that don't which is really surprising to me just because they're, you know, a liberal arts school and it seems like they're very, um, or they try to have a very inclusive environment. And so it's, mm-hmm. it was just surprising to me, but, um, yeah, there's no, there's no, um, sustainability clubs and they don't really have like leaders or composting or, um, any kind of movement like that on campus. Um, I've been talking to, um, the vice president uh, or associate vice president of facilities and she was explaining to me that she used to work at the University of Chicago and she oversaw this um, it was called a green champions group and she's trying to bring something like that onto Columbia but it's kind of hard because I guess she's battling with what um, what other groups may receive funding for and whatnot so certain things I guess tend to take priority over others unfortunately. Right. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. Like, it definitely seems like Columbia of all schools would be the one to have, like, you know, a, a students for like climate action group or mm-hmm. something like that. But yeah, even the School of the Art Institute has one. And like Columbia doesn't even have something on their website. And if you look at these other schools, they at least have a sustainability page. Yeah. And so this this sustainability story is, is for something among like the like the administration would be starting starting like a sustainability uh I don't know what the right word is, branch, I guess. Yeah, so I actually just heard from Anna and Noah, um, our editors. They were saying that Dr. Kim just had sort of some 
annual meeting and um, they might be trying to have uh, specific student government leaders um, be responsible for like promoting sustainability and like holding people accountable and whatnot. Um, but um, I thought that was interesting because I had just interviewed the president of student government and he didn't say anything to me about that. So I guess I have to find out more and, um, you know, see where that goes. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah. Keep on keeping on with that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll say to everybody listening, uh, you do not have to wait for the administration to do sustainability stuff. Yeah, please like, don't. It only takes two people to start a club. Uh, go ahead and start your own, like, you know, sustainability, earth, climate change action clubs at Columbia and do your own marches because I'm sure a lot of people will attend and we might even cover it. That's the Columbia exactly. Chronicle guarantee. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I mean, I guess any other words on that or do you want to keep quiet until the story's out? Um, I guess just be on the lookout for it and... There's probably going to be two on the way. I'll just say that. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess we'll switch gears a little bit and talk a little bit more about production. So you said this was your first production, right? Yes. Was it like a an easy sort of thing to sort of get into or was it kind of confusing or what? I thought the process was honestly really easy. I think it was just overwhelming for me because um, I have a crazy schedule and so... I felt kind of bad because um, like all of my time was either going towards work and then my in-between time I was trying to like get my story back to the editors and whatnot. Um, so it was a little bit crazy for me and I think for them just because of time management, but I think it worked out in the end and um, they did a great job, you know, moving things along and everything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not to share like too many details from like our eternal chronicle meetings, but like mm -hmm. everybody was saying it's, it was like one of the smoothest yeah sort of production weeks ever which is really nice um in my experience like at, at other publications it's always been like just like incredibly like <laughs> like hectic and like chaotic and yeah stuff. i'm sure um so it's cool that uh it seems like we're doing good at it students can find those on newsstands they came out last week uh but the news is all still very relevant i actually covered some of it recently but i guess i'll just say like are you excited for future production weeks or um do you feel like you'll be going into it like sort of more experienced? Yeah, I guess I feel more comfortable going into it and I know what to expect. Um, and maybe I can plan a little bit better for what exactly I want to cover. Um, but I am definitely excited for the next issue to come out. And I encourage everyone to check out this issue. Um, I have two stories in it and I appreciate, of course, any feedback you guys may have. Cool. Uh, well, I think that was a good way to end it. Uh, so, yeah, check out the issue. It's called Back in the Loop. That's what it says on the cover. Yep. And that has been Chronicle Headlines for this week. Make sure you check out the issue on newsstands now. Make sure you check out our other news and brief show. Uh, make sure you listen on WCRX and read the articles on ColumbiaChronicle.com. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.